Welcome into another Strictly Stripes off-season podcast edition as we continue our positional reviews. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nizek with you as we continue breaking down the defense, moving from the defensive line up to the linebackers. And this isn't the first time we've talked about the linebackers because, of course, we've talked about Jermaine Pratt, who's set to be a free agent this off-season. Uh, and we've all pretty much kind of agreed uh, – there's really only a 10, 15% chance he comes back to Cincinnati um, unless some miracle falls out of the sky. But of course, um, the question now is if he walks, which is the case, who would step up? That would likely be Akeem Davis Gaither. He only played 22% of total snaps this past year, but he played in all 16 games, had a pick in the wild card game against the Ravens, had a nice fumble recovery. So for as little as he played, and I've said this, he's had a really significant impact. So guys, assuming a world where there's no Jermaine Pratt next year, how much uh, do you expect Akeem Davis Gaither to fill his shoes? And do you think there will be any drop off at all if he takes over? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there has to be a drop-off. You you look at some of the numbers in terms of PFF grades, you kind of, I mean, just the eye test, frankly, it, there's going to be a drop-off if you lose Jermaine Pratt. Um, in terms of linebackers in uh, for, for total defensive rating on PFF, Jermaine Pratt was 11th. Um, that was obviously the best linebacker on the Bengals. It's one of the best linebackers in the league. But I think the Bengals are kind of looking at Akeem, Akeem Davis-Gaither as – a one-for-one one replacement. Um, you know, he's 6'2", 228. Uh, Jermaine Pratt, 6'2", 240. So th- they're pretty similar body types, um, similar similar height, weight, speed guys. Um, they they kind of like what they have with Logan Wilson, obviously. So you're not going to need to overhaul the the linebacker position. But, yeah, it, it's going to be a tough a tough jump for, for Akeem Davis-Gaither. I just – I don't think you can justify paying Jermaine Pratt when you've got Logan Wilson still on the horizon, if you want to pay him, he's going to take pretty significant money. So uh, there's uh, there's still, we, you know, we, this feels like kind of the theme of this, of this podcast all off season long, there's going to be tough decisions to make now or in the future. And, and this is one of them. Yes. I, I don't think there will be a drop off. I think Akeem Davis Gaither has the kind of the skill set, the athleticism, the range um, to step in. He's been in the system, uh, for three years, uh, you know, he shined as a backup or whenever they, you know, the rare occasions they've used uh, three linebackers. I don't see there. I don't think there's any reason why he can't step in um, and, and and be just as good. Um, frankly, I mean, I, I think that, you know, with his athleticism, you know, there's not a lot of plays that he can't cover. I mean, he showed he's, he's pretty good at coverage along with, you know, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt the last two years. And um, I think it's his time to shine. I, I think that it would be different. Um, you know, are we just assuming Jermaine Pratt is gone? Um, I think it'd be different if they didn't have an Akeem Davis-Kather sort of waiting in the wings. I think that makes it sort of a, an easy decision here um, for this front office because um, they've got somebody, I think, that's really capable um, and ready to step in. So, Andrew, what do you make of that? You know, um, you said yourself you think it's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. Uh, do you think Mike makes a point there, or do you still think that it's just not going to be the same without Jermaine Pratt? Oh, I mean, it depends. Like, I, I don't think it's reasonable to expect a guy to come in and, and play like Jermaine Pratt did. I thought Jermaine Pratt was really, really good. Um, so I think, I, I mean, there, I, I don't think it's fair to just say, like, you know, like, I mean, during the season, you kind of have to say this type of thing. You hear from the players a lot. Well, it's next man up. You hear from the coaches and everything like that. I'm not sure that that's necessarily the case. I'm not saying that 
you know, it's a, it's a grand Canyon gap where you're like, uh, I don't know what you're going to get. Like, but Akeem Davis Gaither was, was nice in the moments that he played. Uh, you saw him play a lot against teams like the Ravens and the Falcons teams that like in the Browns teams that like to run the ball a little bit when you take Mike Hilton off the field. So you're, you're not throwing somebody in there who has no concept of an NFL game, a rookie or, you know, somebody who's brand new to the system. Um, so I, it's not going to be a huge drop off, but I think there will be one just because I, I was pretty high on what Jermaine Pratt did uh, in 2022. And there's already proof yeah. of concept. I mean, uh, Jermaine was out against the Jets and, and Hakeem Davis, Davis Gaither played, had one of the best games on the defense. Um, you know, I think if you look at that game, uh, which I think is 15 tackles, uh, according to pro football focus, seven, uh, six stops by himself, um, did good in coverage, had a quarterback pressure, um, you know, maybe doesn't play at that level, but, um, you know, I, I don't think there's nothing, um, out there to suggest that he can't handle sort of, um, what Jermaine did. I mean, you know, he's sitting on the bench because, you know, they've had two starters, uh, and they haven't had to use them. It didn't. I, I don't think it's necessarily a, a sort of a criticism of his talent. Um, I think he's. I think he's ready. I think you know. I'm. I'm leaning more towards Mike because I think I said this after they beat the. Well, they didn't beat the Browns. They lost to the Browns, and I think they should have beaten them. And that was the game where he had that fumble recovery, even though he only played like what seven snaps. Like I said, it just seems like no matter how much he played, you could rely on him. And it's even more impressive because he didn't play the back half of the 2021 season. He had a season-ending foot injury, so he didn't even play in that Super Bowl run. This was his first postseason uh, as an NFL player. So, you know, he really showed what he was capable of had he played more reps the year before. And then kind of going to Logan Wilson, who was pretty much the green dot most of the year uh, for the Bengals defense. You know, we've talked about whether or not he gets an extension. We've already kind of discussed that. I still think it's up in the air, but nonetheless, it's a contract year for him. In a way, could you kind of imagine, you know, Logan Wilson being like, like where Jermaine Pratt is right now, obviously, like, do you kind of see that being Logan Wilson next year? And I guess, you know, how how much do you think he's going to bank on this year to get a big deal next year if he doesn't get extended this offseason? I don't know what they're going to do with Logan Wilson. I mean, they really like Logan Wilson. Um, you know, he'd be a contract of, you know, 10 million of upwards of 10 million a year. Um, you know, I think it'd be hard to reboot the whole linebacker room next year, but I mean, obviously, um, you have to do something here. You know what they did last time, uh, use that whole, I mean, the back half of that 2020 draft class to sort of firm up their future at linebacker right now, they have a lot of need more needs. And I don't think they could spend three picks this year on linebacking uh, and linebackers to sort of uh, manage the next two years. But um, it's a lot of money for for a linebacker and a system that doesn't, um, you know, they value linebackers, but not as much as the guys in the secondary or pass rushers or, or guys that can uh, disrupt up front. So I think it's a tough sort of decision. Um, this is not a defense where you sort of, I mean, they've only spent, they're on the books for seven million next uh, next year at linebacker, and that's the most that, most that they've spent on linebacker in the last three years. They've been at the bottom two, essentially two or three teams in the league in that position. Um, so I don't know um, what they're going to do there. I, I think it's a tough call. Yeah, and you know, kind of Mike kind of alluded to it a little bit. It, it's the linebacker position as a whole. I mean, it, there's a it's a bigger philosophical question, I think, than just a Logan Wilson question or a Jermaine Pratt question. Um, because when you when you kind of look at linebacker, there's a lot of smart people who kind of say, well, 
not sure linebacker matters a whole a whole hell of a lot. Like you can kind of look at linebacker a little bit like you look at running back on offense. Um, maybe not to that extreme, but like Mike said, if, if you were kind of ranking positional importance and where you want to spend your money, uh, you want to spend it on the pass rush and on defending the pass. Uh, and I know linebackers can do both of those things, but you'd much rather have resources, draft picks, money going into your defensive line, going into your secondary, just like on offense, you want to have it going into, um, you know, you want to have it going into your passing game. Uh, like, and you look at the money like that, that is kind of being shelled around like Roquan Smith signed a $100 million contract. Uh, Fred Warner almost had a hundred million dollars. Like, Shaq Leonard, almost $100 million. Like if you're going to, if you're going to pay a top of the market guy, that's what you're paying. But even that next tier is like a $50 million contract. I don't know if you're willing to do that, even as much as like Mike said, you do really like Logan Wilson. I don't know if you're willing to do that. I don't know if you can do that just because of the money that you're going to be kind of capped or you're going to be in that, no pun intended, the cap you're going to have on on how much money that you can spend on, on guys. But also, if you want to make that investment in that particular position, well, and one thing they don't—they don't spend money. I mean, they don't. Run, the linebackers in Luan Arumo systems are very—you uh, know—they don't rush the passer very much. They're not used on right. on blitzes very much. Right. Uh, he uses the, the kind of the nickel corner and and some of the the guys in the secondary, and they they're not lined up on uh, really on the line, um, like an outside linebacker type to, to rush it. So. Um, that I think lowers their sort of value in that system or what they're worth because a lot of those top guys uh, can rush the quarterback or, or are called on to rush the quarterback more. Yeah, I mean, they run a more of a 5-2 system, so it's not like they play, you know, three or four linebackers like other teams do. There were times where maybe they played the 4-3, like when they had sub packages, but that usually wasn't the case. Um, but again, though, like, it, it's just going to be really hard because let's assume Logan Wilson is a top 10 linebacker in the league next season. Top five, I think it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think he makes a case for being a top 10 next year. Well, if that's the case, good luck paying his market value. I mean, 10 million is a lot, and if he plays even better then good luck paying even more than that. Like well, it's, his market value tough. would be more than 10. That's the thing. Like Per year, it, per year. Well, yeah, it would be more than 10 per year. Like, right. Considering the guys that are going to sign this season and some of the guys that are going to sign next season, like, I mean, you're probably talking like $14, $15 million a year. So it's it's more than 10. It's it, it's It's a significant chunk of change to pay a guy like that. Exactly, and that's just going to be a – It's going to be interesting to see, especially when it comes to the extension talk. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about other free agents uh, in the Bengals linebacking room, along with what the rest of the room will look like, not just next year, but in the years to come. Plus much, much more right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey there, it's Muhammad Ahmad from the Strictly Stripes podcast. You might be wondering, what exactly is Cincinnati Football Insider? Well, it's a community of fans who want the inside scoop on the Bengals and a direct connection to the Strictly Stripes podcast and the reporters who cover the team. And that would be me, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislick. It works like this. Andrew, Mike, and I will text your phone a few times a day with breaking news, analysis, and our insights on the Bengals. It's the inside scoop on what we're hearing, and we'll give you the inside word before it even hits social media. Being an insider is the best way to participate with the podcast and get in on special events and Zoom calls with me, Mike, and Andrew. And the best part is you can text us directly. It's a great way to cut through the clutter of Facebook, Twitter, other social media, and avoid the trolls for just $4.99 a month. Still not sure? 
Well, just try it for two weeks, and if you don't like it, you can text the word STOP at any time, but you won't want to cancel once you join the community of hardcore Bengals fans. Here's the best way to get on board. Go to cleveland.com slash Bengals, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, or if it's easier, text 513-940-4193. It's a great time to try the two weeks free, as we'll be reporting live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Plus, we'll be covering free agency on the way to the NFL Draft in April. Give us a try for two weeks and see what you think. Just text this number again. It's 513-940-4193 and become an insider today. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So believe it or not, uh, Jermaine Pratt's not the only free agent linebacker in that room. Clay Johnston and Joe Bocci, who granted have mostly played on special teams, both set to hit free agency. Uh, Bocci is a little bit interesting because he's a restricted free agent, but it doesn't really matter much because as long as the Bengals keep him for cheap, which I think is going to be the case anyway, they keep him. Um, and of course, like you said, you already have Akeem Davis-Gaither. You still got Loken Wilson, and we'll get to Marcus Bailey in a second. Um, but again, we're talking in a world where there's no Jermaine Pratt. Like, Do you see Clay Johnston and Joe Bocci maybe having a different role at linebacker, or do you just keep them on special teams and having the impact that they had? Because Johnston, I think, was actually pretty good on special teams. Maybe not as good as Bailey, who I'll get to, but, I mean, does anything change for Johnston or Bocci? No. Well, I mean, um, they'd have to bring him back first. Yeah. Okay. Do they? <laughs> do they? I, I mean, they might. I mean, it depends. I mean, they're special teams players mostly. You know, does Joe Bocci want a larger role somewhere? Um, I mean, maybe he's more of a, you know, straight backup this year with, with Jermaine Pratt gone, but I mean, he's a guy that I could see kicking the tires on, on trying to find a, uh, a bigger role somewhere else. Um, uh, in terms of Clay Johnston, I could see him coming back cause, uh, you know, kind of a, a good special teams player that probably wouldn't cost him much money, but I don't know that he'd necessarily figure into the, um, depth, uh, conversation at linebacker. Right. And I think really we talked about like is ADG the next Jermaine Pratt. I think Marcus Bailey is going to become what Akeem Davis Gaither was this year. I mean, he has played in sub packages. He even played in uh, the Super Bowl last year uh, and he played in the Ravens game. And he was actually a big reason why Sam Hubbard returned that touchdown because he blocked off Mark Andrews to, you know, let Hubbard get clear. I think that's somebody you can rely on in that sense. I mean, his pass rush grade was an 80 on PFF. He's only had 40 tackles in the last two years. But, I mean, again, given the few reps he's had, I think that's not bad. Do you think it's time to give Marcus Bailey, you know, more reps outside of just being a, a Pro Bowl caliber special teamer? Well, I, I think, I mean, you're not – there's not really going to be a place for him, um, you know, because if you're going to if you're gonna stay in the, in the look that you kind of stayed in your base, I guess you could say, uh, you got three DBs on the – or three corners on the field, um, assuming a woozy a – Cam Taylor Britt and Hilton, you got your two safeties, you got your four down linemen, two linebackers. Um, so you're, you're going to play uh, Akeem Davis Gaither and, and Logan Wilson. So, I mean, somebody would have to get hurt, or, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier, you would have to play the Ravens or a team that, you know, is really kind of set on running the ball. Um, I think the, I think where you're going to see the Bengals add the, at the linebacker position is, uh, is, is later in the draft. And, kind of maybe on the on the fringes of free agency towards the end because special teamers are one of those things where you don't it's a little bit like insurance you don't really think about it until you absolutely need it uh, and then you're like oh god we're screwed uh, you you really need some depth <laughs> there so 
you know, you, you really want um, you really want guys that can play special teams because it's not just physically; it's a mental thing too. Um, and if you can fit those guys in at a reasonable a reasonable fit, then yeah. But um, that's kind of where those their their main roles are going to be. As far as free agency goes to kind of wrap up with this, and even the draft, like you mentioned, if they go late in the draft, I mean, are there any names that stick out to you either in free agency and or in the draft to you, Andrew? Well, late late is a little bit, um, you know, kind of a crapshoot. There's a few names that you can kind of look at in the middle rounds. Um, there's a kid from Cincinnati, Ivan Pace Jr. There you um, go. You know, people kind of like him. Uh, Dorian Williams played at Tulane. Uh, Tulane kind of drew some, some obviously, eyeballs later in the season when they – they beat USC. Uh, you know their defense was pretty strong. Um, he he kind of made a name for himself in kind of his rangy speed, and I think speed is kind of what I'd be looking for if I were the Bengals on defense. Um, you know you you can do a lot. You can mask a lot with speed. Uh, that's why I like Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. Um, kind of the same deal. Really athletic player. Uh, but you know there it, it feels like a consensus at the best linebacker in the class. This kind of feels like somebody the Bengals would have to either take at 28 or trade back in early in its second round and take, which, I mean, I'm always in favor of trading back. Uh, Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, he's a big body. I believe he's 6'5", so you can really kind of use him in a lot of different ways. Um, he really takes up a lot of space. Uh, he was, you know, all SEC. He's a really smart football player. There, there's things you can do with Drew, um, considering he's pretty athletic. He's a multi-sport guy. So, I kind of looked at him and, and I watched him a little bit and I was like, he might be the Logan Wilson replacement if you want to draft a guy and move somebody over because that green dot, I mean, it doesn't always have to be a linebacker. You can have a Von Bell take the green dot if, if need be. You can move it around a little bit. So um, there's a few guys there, and uh, but I really think you're going to see maybe a mid, or mid to late round pick that uh, the Bengals use on a linebacker. I think as far as free agency goes, just a few quick names. You know, Alex Singleton played with Denver and Philadelphia the last couple of years. Sione Takitaki, who played in Cleveland, um, he's a free agent. If you're looking at the really, really cheap guys, maybe even A.J. Klein, who's a little bit more on the veteran side, if you want to get those guys in for cheap, that's a possibility. But again, I think either of those names, Andrew, could work because they'd be just as cheap, if not cheaper. Um, but that is all the time we have today. We're going to continue our positional reviews on Wednesday with the cornerbacks. And of course, we're going to get to the safety safeties um, and more on the defensive side later this week. But we appreciate you all tuning in. Once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis and Mike Nizek, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Catch you Wednesday.